Welcome to the Philip Wiley Show. Take a look behind the curtain of professional hacking and hear compelling discussions with guests from diverse backgrounds who share a common curiosity and passion for challenges and their job. And now, here's your host, offensive security professional, educator, mentor, and author, Philip Wiley. Hello and welcome to another episode. I'm your host, Philip Wiley. And today I'm very excited to have my former manager uh, and friend, Don Dobson. Uh, Don was one of my favorite all-time managers. We worked together at U.S. Bank uh, and was really great and supportive in where I kind of started my speaking career. Him and Todd, one of his direct reports, were very supportive of us going out, doing community things, and understood the need for that. And Don is really big in the community. He's supporting others through mentoring. He's very involved in the local university. Uh, recently, we got to meet for the first time at BloomCon at the university that, that Don does a lot of uh, outreach and work through, as well as his daughter attends there. It was a great conference and good to finally meet you in person, Don. Thanks for joining. Well, thank you so much, Phil. You know, it was fantastic seeing you a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the conference was great. I just enjoyed all the collaboration. You know, it, I can honestly do it over again. Yeah, those are those are great opportunities, and it's always you know, I liked you before, but just really getting to know more about how involved you are with helping others and mentoring in the community uh, gives me even that much more respect for you. I definitely appreciate it, Phil. You know, it's one of the things that you know I truly value, and I almost think it's you know, uh, part of our responsibility to continue to help others, you know, especially those coming new into the industry, as well as those who are, are just at this point, you know, learning about the industry, maybe deciding if they want to go into that career space. So, you know, again, you know, I think it's, it's fantastic. You know, I, I love this format and I appreciate you having me on here today. Oh, it's an honor. And, and, and it's great that you're sharing this information because, you know, I run into people at, at different conferences that listen to the podcast and that I've never met before the people it's reaching because, you know, we can reach so many people on LinkedIn or other social media, but the nice thing about podcast platforms and YouTube and those media types that people can find you without knowing you or knowing any of your connections, which is a good way for us to get our message out there that, you know, just social media and conferences, you know, don't reach those people sometimes. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, even just this morning, I had someone reach out, you know, a brand new connection. And one of the, the nice things um, that at least I like to do, and I might want to encourage others is, you know, when someone reaches out, I usually ask them, you know, um, please tell me, you know, what, what you're doing, you know, these days, what projects are you working on or, or, you know, what, you know, key uh, information that that you're trying to research or, you know, how you're trying to approach coming into the industry. And, you know, this person, you know, they're just looking to come into the industry, you know, trying to learn, you know, we'll call it ironically enough, more about pen testing. So I passed him, you know, some information and again, you know, shared, you know, let's, let's stay in touch. So it's, um, just one of those things that you know, regularly come up. And I, I truly am very fortunate. You know, I'll be honest with you, very fortunate, Phil. 
Yeah, one of those nice side effects to this is you just that you don't realize when you get into this because I kind of shifted my focus in 2018 to do more mentoring, speaking, and trying to help others being more outward focused. And it's interesting side effect is how you just you feel so much better and you get so much opportunities when you're helping other people. And a lot of people mm-hmm. in the industry see that and they respect that. And so it's a good side effect. I mean, people like ourselves, that's not really what you start out to do. You really went looking for the benefits for yourself, but it, but it was a benefit. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting how that works out, but I definitely agree. You know, there are you know other benefits that, that you derive uh, from it. And at the same time, you know, you're, you're just taking what might be, you know, a little bit of your day that might make such a big difference to someone else. You know, I, I think that's really what it's all about. You know, if you have like literally a, a group of folks that continue to do that, uh, it kind of builds upon itself, you know, a little bit of a snowball effect, right? Where you start that off. In fact, I, I, I saw, you know, yet a, another post a, a little bit earlier today where there's a, a group, you know, just looking to do very similar things, you know, just starting with their own company and then you know, going to go a little bit broader, you know, and they're encouraging others, you know, and I think that's great. You know, the mentorship, you know, the networking, uh, getting some people, some hands-on type experience, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. One of the things uh, uh, take a step back and kind of discuss, uh, why don't you share with our listeners, your background, kind of how you got started, your career path, and and kind of what you're doing these days. Uh, certainly, yeah. I started, you know, honestly as a uh, pen tester at Ernst and Young. You know, so I was really you know performing you know infrastructure pen testing across multiple platforms, uh, industries, you know, government uh, type environments, uh, really at the, we'll call it the, the dawn of that interconnectedness, right? Uh, from there, you know, went uh, to a small company called uh, MBNA. There might be some folks that, you know, are aware of, of you know, who MBNA was. Uh, it's a credit card company that was purchased by Bank of America. But that uh, organization, you know, they brought me in you know, to their network engineering and architecture group. So I really focused in on, you know, building infrastructure, firewalls, IDSs, you know, deploying routers, you know, working in the data centers, you know, lifting tile, running cable, you know, all the all the interesting things, right? Um, but, you know, I did that for, you know, a little bit of time, a couple of years or whatever, and then, you know, moved over back into the offensive work. Uh, doing pen testing of applications and infrastructures. Uh, stayed with that for uh, you know another year or two, uh, then transitioned into security architecture and design. Um, at that point, I think the, the bank was acquired uh, by Bank of America and uh, continued on that path um, down the security architecture route, you know, designing frameworks and templates and different solutions. Uh, also learned, you know, a, a lot of interesting things, you know, uh, how to do, you know, efficiency work, you know, picked up a, a green belt uh, in Six Sigma, uh, focusing on efficiency and automation, uh, 
had an opportunity to, to manage workers, not only in the U.S., but also, you know, Canada and, and Europe. So, you know, <clears throat> a pretty wide uh, range of opportunities there at that bank. Uh, after that, uh, I guess, experience, you know, went on to U.S. Bank. And there, you know, I really focused on a variety of different uh, technical security areas like AppSec, security awareness, uh, vulnerability assessment and remediation, uh, pen testing, uh, mobile security. Uh, we set up the, the first red team there. So a lot of different uh, areas that I spent uh, some time at at U.S. Bank, you know, really just focusing in on you know, improving the program, building out the programs, uh, you know, hiring in, I probably hired in at three dozen or so different people at that point, uh, all over a span of a number of years. And to tell you the truth, it was great experience. Uh, I think, you know, as you, you know, kind of look back on it a little bit, uh, you take a look at, you know, some of the accomplishments, you know, expanding, you know, awareness, expanding the training program, you know, the, the group of people that you're very fortunate enough to, you know, lead and, and help manage, right? Or or at least uh, try not to get in their way a little bit, right? You know, uh, but, you know, now, you know, I primarily focus in on doing uh, security tech implementation, uh, consulting, security assessments. Uh, deploying security controls for different organizations, uh, making recommendations for securing applications and infrastructures, uh, not only on-premise, but in the cloud. So it's it's been an interesting, uh, we'll call it uh, ride for me as far as a, a career goes. I get the, the opportunity to you know meet and talk with a, a lot of different individuals, a lot of different folks who have you know, great experience, uh, experience, you know, even beyond, you know, my capabilities, which is, is always a pleasure, you know, always, you know, trying to learn. So um, that is, is you know, the, I guess the key things I want to share about, you know, some of my background, Phil. Yeah, thanks for, for, for sharing your background. So when you were moving more from the technical side, more into the management role, how, would, how difficult was of a transition was that for you? Well, you would think it might be, you know, relatively straightforward, but, um, you know, one day, you know, I, I approached my boss, right? Uh, and I said to him, look, I have an interest in taking on some more responsibility. You know, I had already had a, a pretty good track record, you know, being a security architect, you know, working, you know, as a pen tester, working in network architecture. You know, doing a little bit of consulting, you know, by that time. And I, you know, shared with my boss, I said, hey, look, I would really like to, you know, take on some more responsibility and at some point, uh, you know, transition into a management role, right? Uh, and it's it's one of the things where you have to you know, kind of carefully share, you know, some of your accomplishments, but at the same time, you know, share a little bit of vision. You know of how you might uh, support and, and lead a team. So for me, you know, that conversation went very well. But I'll tell you that you know it's not one of the things where it you know happened overnight. So maybe six, eight months later, um, you know, boss, uh, you know, called me into his office, uh, said, "Hey, 
And here's an opportunity for you to step into a, a lead role, you know, a management role. And, you know, and that really, you know, was the, the start of, you know, me transitioning, you know, into, you know, a leadership role. You know, you, you have to take, you know, that initiative, right? And then be proactive, you know, reach out uh, to your leadership and find out where there are like opportunities for uh, some career growth. You know, for me, you know, definitely it paid off, you know, that approach. And, you know, I would definitely recommend to anyone, you know, take charge of your uh, career growth, right? You know, build that solid track record of, you know, your different accomplishments, you know, make sure you can describe, you know, what it is that you've delivered, you know, and work on both uh, technical skills, work on soft skills, right? Uh, things such as communication, um, problem solving, right? Uh, you want to be able to, you know, provide solutions on a regular basis. And, you know, most importantly, teamwork. Everybody wants folks, you know, that they really like to work with. You know, and at that stage, you know, when you feel, you know, you're you're about at that, that point, you know, approach your manager, you know, and express your interest in, you know, taking on that opportunity. Uh, taking that initiative you know, being proactive, you know, really makes, really makes the difference. Yeah. And I think one of the things I, I experienced and witnessed from your management style is the fact that you are very approachable and you listen to people, you know, it's the difference between being a leader and being a boss, you know, you were encouraging, empowering people to make decisions and, and to help out in the organization, not just forcing things on people. So I think that, that, that's a good pro approach. And, you know, when you're working for a manager like that, it's a lot easier to put in, go above and beyond to help that manager be successful, to help the overall team be successful. I, I definitely appreciate that, Phil. Yeah, I, I've been fortunate to have a, a lot of great people on my team, you know, over the past, you know, number of years, uh, yourself included, right? And, and a number of others, you know, that uh, or your peers or, or managers in different roles. And, you know, each and every one of them, you know, they, they had like, like certain skill sets, uh, certain mindsets, right? You know, they were definitely folks that, that wanted to help the team. You know, they think, you know, broader, you know, than themselves. And <clears throat> they really focused on, you know, trying to do what was best, you know, at the time, you know, for the organization you know, in whatever role it happened to be, right? It, it sounds, I don't want to call it simple, right? But it is definitely the little things that I always say that they kind of make the difference, right? You have the, the bigger items and then, you know, making sure that you, you close out that, that last mile there. Yeah, it seems like a lot of cases, I know based on my experience, you know, I don't have the management background, but sometimes overcomplicate overcomplicating things makes it more difficult than it has to be. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, I'm a big fan of keeping things very simple, very straightforward, you know, don't send a, you know, a, a long you know, list of requirements when two or three will do. You know, if you need the details, you know, kind of uh, add those to, to the end or, or, you know, kind of attach them to a, you know, a, a longer note where you have a summary at the top, right? Um, so that's really, you know, how I look at things, right? You keep things simple, you be practical about it, 
uh, give folks the ability and empower them to make those decisions, you know. And if they have questions, you just simply say, you know, have a question or you have a concern. Or you're not necessarily 100% positive on, you know, a direction you want to go. You know, just, just bounce it off me. Um, takes a moment. You get a simple answer and, you know, you kind of move forward. Yeah, one of the things I thought that, you know, you did a great job with, too, is is recognizing talent, finding people. So I would assume from your background as being a pen tester yourself, made it a little more uh, easy for you to find people for your team? Well, <clears throat> yeah, I, I certainly, you know, did have a, uh, we'll call it maybe a leg up on, on some folks. I really knew what I was looking for, for, you know, pen testing skill sets or, or skill sets that you want to bring into an organization that are not only, call it skills that you could leverage today, but but folks would want to upskill, you know, over a period of time, right? So that's, you know, not only, you know, the technical traits, but also, you know, some of those uh, soft skills that I mentioned, you know, a little earlier, right? You know, folks that have that desire that, that are willing to do some continual learning, you know, especially on their own, where it's, you know, kind of crucial, you know, especially in uh, this environment, right? Um, cybersecurity is constantly changing. So ensuring that uh, you have folks that want to, you know, not only join the organization, but then, you know, have a pathway, right, to fulfill maybe some career aspirations that they have, uh, you can provide them with, you know, the opportunities. All right, well, let me kind of map out where you want to be in the organization, you know, a few years down the road. Yeah, kind of speaking on that that same subject before I, I forget to to ask ask your opinion on it. So what are some tips you have for, you know, acquiring and retaining uh, talent? Well, you know, one of the things that I do is I reach out to and I partner with, you know, my local university, right? So I'm very fortunate to be uh, you know, close to Bloomsburg University. Uh, they've got an excellent um digital forensics uh, and uh, cybersecurity program uh, from, you know, that group, you know, I've had, you know, literally the, the pleasure of being able to hire, you know, maybe a handful of people in various roles over the past uh, number of years. And I think that's a, a great, we'll call it um, ground for just about any organization or any company, right? that wants to go and identify resources and not only, you know, kind of help your own team by building up your own talent pipeline, but also bring in, you know, fresh perspectives, right? From, you know, the, uh, you know, if it's a local technical schools or a local university or a two-year program, whatever it happens to be, they're out there. And, and everybody is, we'll call it somewhat aware of what's in their general area. Now, with it being, you know, <clears throat> not only we'll call it uh, we'll call it a little bit more geographic uh, diversity out there. You know, you're you're not necessarily locked into you know just your your local candidates. You can pick you know remote candidates, and I think again, you know, that's you know another opportunity to just expand your talent pool, and uh, you know 
I have been so fortunate, you know, to have a, a pretty good partnership going on 10, 15, some odd years, you know, with the local university here. Yeah, I really think your your approach too kind of helps with, you know, everyone talks about the skills gap and the shortage of professionals, mm -hmm. but I think that type of approach, finding, you know, graduates from these universities and colleges that have that background, I think it's a lot easier to find people than what, you know, a lot of people are led to believe. What do you think about that? You know, <laughs> I don't want to give away all the trade secrets, but I, I will <laughs> tell you, I, I don't generally have much of a challenge in finding resources. And, you know, I've, I've either been very lucky or very fortunate. Um, but, you know, identifying, you know, key people kind of, you know, keeping track of, you know, where they are in their career, whether they're, you know, a little bit further on, a little more senior, you know, they're a good leader, they're a good manager, or they're coming into the, um, we'll call it coming into the field. I can always reach out and, you know, kind of generally identify, you know, a person that is, is looking for an opportunity or might fit an opportunity. And like even as, as most recently, you know, I may have been posting on, you know, LinkedIn uh, several weeks ago, you know, I, I get, you know, a number of opportunities that literally, you know, come into my inbox on a pretty regular basis. Uh, I'm just trying to, you know, I don't even do, you know, recruiting or anything like that. Uh, I'm just trying to match up you know, these roles that come in with uh, some of the people that I know who are looking for opportunities. Uh, it's, it's just amazing to me, you know, and, and it's literally folks from not only here, you know, in, in the US, but they're, they're, you know, over in, in the UK or um, uh, people that I've, you know, connected with from over in India. You know, it's just, it's tremendous, you know, with the way social media kind of gives you that opportunity to talk to literally anyone, anywhere. Yeah, very, very true. It's, it's amazing how small social media and the internet okay. has made the world a lot smaller. Yep. 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 I, I definitely agree. It's, it's such a, a great opportunity. And at, at the same time, you know, it, it just gives you a little bit more reach to, you know, try to do the things that you enjoy doing, right? Whether it's, it's helping people, you know, trying to, to help organizations, you name it. And one of the things too, that, that I think is, or is worth noting is, is kind of uh, discussing personal branding, because one of the things I've really noticed a big difference in your personal branding over the, over the, the past year, you're really putting content out there to share with people and try to help others. So what are your recommendations for others that are wanting to leverage uh, LinkedIn more to build their personal brand and to help others? Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, very important. You know, your your personal brand, you know, follows you, right? Beyond, you know, just a, a company or an organization either that you're, you're working for or that, you know, maybe you're just you know, leading at that time, right? So it's your personal brand that follows you. And <clears throat> on LinkedIn, you'll see, you know, at least in my feed, I, I see an awful lot of content of uh, people that are, you know, doing such an exceptional job on personal branding, you know, definitely, definitely better than I. But I kind of take the opportunity to learn from them, right? 
And I think that's how it goes, you know, as everyone is, you know, at some point, uh, they're along their own journey. And you're trying to help the folks that are, you know, a little bit behind you in their journey. So for uh, personal branding, you know, definitely make sure that your profile is is up to date. <clears throat> Have a very clean uh, about section. You know, what it is that you do, you know, how you might be able to help someone or an organization. Um, focus in on maybe some of the key skill sets that you bring to the table. And be very clear, you know, in your, uh, you know, employment experience, so people can identify those skill sets. And it's not, you know, buried within, you know, an awful lot of content. Uh, and then, you know, take that further, right? You get your profile in order, you know, then make sure that you're regularly communicating out. Uh, literally everyone, everyone on LinkedIn started with one connection, or one follower, <clears throat> everyone did, you know, so you're, you're a little worried. Oh, I, I don't have, you know, the, the amount of followers I want or, or whatever it is, or, uh, everyone starts somewhere, right? So you kind of take it from there and <clears throat> you start publishing maybe, you know, some helpful t tips or some helpful, uh, pointers for folks to, you know, kind of focus in on or, or things that, that you know very well. And then maybe builds a little bit of a following so folks know who you are, you know, what it is that you're providing, you know, what kind of insights that you can share. And then they share, you know, hey, I think it's a great idea. Let's let's follow Phil or, or let's follow Don. Uh, let's learn a little bit more about, you know, their particular specialty. And, and that's essentially how, I don't want to say the cycle continues, but that's, that's basically it. Yeah. It just seems like really the, the key is consistency. You know, you like the clean profile, like you mentioned, you know, keeping it professional. One of the things I see where people make mistakes sometimes is they treat it like Facebook. You don't want to treat it like Facebook because yeah. any of your pettiness or just negative views is going to be seen by potential employers and, Sometimes that could be a, a knock against you if someone's considering hiring you. Yeah, I mean, you make a great point there, Phil. You know, it's, it's 100% not Facebook. But, you know, when you look at, you know, generally any of your social media, you know, I would definitely recommend, especially on the personal branding side of things, uh, you know, try to keep it consistent and, and clean, right? So you're not really concerned about, you know, one post or another if it's on you know, another platform or, or anything like that, you know, folks find you there, then they can see what you're about. And it's simple and straightforward. That's great. So kind of uh, just out of curiosity, kind of how, how much, how much has your LinkedIn following increased over the past year since you've been putting in this effort to your, your LinkedIn persona? Well, you know, interestingly enough, I, I really haven't run like the percentages, right? But, you know, probably start off with maybe, I don't know, 800 and some odd followers about a year ago. Uh, now I'm just a little bit over 10,000. Uh, I, I really don't, you know, kind of keep an eye on it, you know, day to day, but uh, I really just try to focus in, right, on you know, providing value to folks, uh, helping organizations when they reach out, uh, helping, you know, individuals when they reach out, you know, try to, 
you know, mentor where I can. You know, I think all those things, you know, that, that regular engagement, you know, makes a, makes a big difference. And for me, you know, it's very fulfilling, right? It's one of the things that I love doing. Uh, it's, it's one of the things that uh, I think is pretty unique uh, about uh, LinkedIn. And at the same time, you know, it gives you that opportunity to, um, you know, expand, like, like not only yourself, right? Um, you know, everyone is, is, you know, continuously learning, you know, and that includes me. So. And, and it really looks like you, you take the quality over quantity approach because there's people that I've seen has been truly amazing to see some people that have picked up over the past year, like 50, 40 or 50,000 followers. A lot of cases they're sharing content, which is fine. It's like, it's a good thing to be able to share content, but I noticed like yourself, most of your content is your personal thoughts on a subject, sharing information about security best practices and resources, more original content where some people post and which is good. It's got its place, share a lot of content, and that's basically what they do to build a following. But I think in some cases, the quality versus quantity sometimes is going to build better opportunities for you. Because if you're sharing your knowledge opposed to just sharing a lot of other resources, people kind of see if I'm going to, you know, get someone for consulting services, I'm going to reach out to Don because he's got original thoughts. He's sharing his experience, his background, how he does things compared to someone that's just, sharing links yeah i mean i would definitely recommend you know if you're if you're sharing links or you know wherever you're starting right well you know make sure you have you know some of your like original thoughts around it right you know what are, what are your feelings you know how how does this you know impact you or you know, may impact others you know along their journey right i think at the same time <clears throat> You, know, you can kind of then take that, right, and, and then go, you know, further, you know, get into, you know, additional, you know, original content. Um, you know, I like to regularly post, you know, throughout the weekday. You know, sometimes uh, I'll post on, you know, on a Saturday, depending on, you know, my my particular mood that day or, or, or something that comes up that I think is important to kind of address. And... You know, consistency, you know, I, I never used to have it like that, right? I might have posted, you know, once in a while, you know, like a, a year or so ago, or uh, then I kind of step it up to, you know, every two or, or three days out of the week. Uh, then, you know, continually, you know, as I felt a little bit more comfortable with it, uh, you know, moved a little bit further in and, and post, you know, throughout the weekday and some of the weekends. Yeah, this really seems like the consistency thing is is very important. There's a a YouTube channel. The guy has a podcast. It's called The Diary of a CEO. That's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. He has different guests on the the host is out of the UK. When he started out, it was just him sharing his thoughts as a CEO and experiences, and then he expanded to to bringing on different guests. And one of the things he said in a recent episode, I mean, this guy is making like a million dollars within the past year, a year on his podcast, these sponsorships. And one of the things he said he noticed starting out was whenever he posted consistently, consistently, he had a lot of followers. If he skipped a month or several weeks, then a lot of cases he was back to square one. 
And so staying consistent kept the followers up and increasing, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, you're, you're almost describing the, the alternate career path, right? Uh, you have folks within different organizations, you know, trying to you know, leverage their skill sets and and build on that and, and help secure, you know, those environments. You have folks doing, you know, podcasts and, and education, you know, trying to help out the community based upon their experiences. You know, I think that that journey is, is really interesting, right? But I think it also, you know, kind of highlights, you know, what, what you're saying, you know, consistency, you know, making sure that you're, you're kind of staying up to date. You're continually, you know, providing value out to the, well, we'll call it your market. And, you know, it's almost a pursuit of, you know, regular growth, right? Uh, I've been pretty fortunate to, to work with, you know, some pretty nice and um, we call them detail oriented mentors. Um, when I talk about growth, you know, I work with Andrew and Leah, uh, Christian Lavolsi, uh, both of them you know, have that growth mindset. Uh, so that's almost an, uh, an embrace of a, of a self-improvement, you know, type activity that you're doing on a regular basis and an ongoing basis, right? Because you're never necessarily done, right? Uh, even, you know, at, at, you know, our level, right? You just keep, keep trying to improve. Yeah. That, and that's a great lesson for, for people to listen. Sometimes we don't think about that when we get, you know, mature in your career is the fact that, you know, you can continually to have mentors. There's mentors that can help you through the different phases of your career. It doesn't just start at, you know, trying to get your foot in the door. Yeah, it's, it's very true. You know, I was very fortunate, uh, you know, circling back to my, uh, you know, university days, you know, I'd, I'd worked in, you know, computer labs. I, I did, um, you know, technical type support, fixing staff and faculty computers. But I worked for, you know, a, a fantastic um, boss, a fantastic mentor, you know, Cheryl Stoller. And, uh, you know, she, you know, always gave you that, that insight on, you know, you're, you're going to, to help someone out. They've got a challenge. Uh, you're, you're there to you know, try to make things better. And nothing more re rewarding than, than doing that, right? You, you go take care of a challenge. You resolve it. Uh, you know, these folks, you know, they could have, you know, such a wide variety of backgrounds that I run into, you know, geology to chemistry to, you know, English and art history. Ah, I love that opportunity. Yeah. could do it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're getting down towards the end of the episode. Is there anything you'd like to share or mention before we close out? Well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely gone pretty quick, Phil. Um, but I'd, I kind of recommend uh, to folks, you know, definitely, you know, cultivate those soft skills, um, you know, be, uh, patient, but also persistent, you know, in your pursuit to, to build on your career. Uh, learn from mentors, right? Uh, there are so many different uh, on-ramps that uh, you can take, you know, throughout your career. And, and that's something I learned from Emmy Sobieski. Uh, there are so many different on-ramps that you can take. You, you don't want to, you know, miss one, right? And 
the mentors, you know, provide you some of that guidance and provide you some additional insight. Um, network with professionals. You know, LinkedIn is great. Uh, you know, local conferences, you know, local uh, volunteer organizations. You know, let's see if you can help out your your local community organizations, you know, if it's a, a security item, that uh, information security item that you can assist them with. You know, everyone has, you know, some challenge out there. And, you know, taking a little bit of time, you know, gives you that opportunity to kind of build on, you know, the community that you, you have today. Well, thanks for taking the time out of your schedule to, to join me today, share your, your story and your advice. Oh, thank you so much, Phil. You know, I really appreciate the opportunity to come here and, and chat with you. Uh, I definitely enjoyed it. That's great. I'm sure that a lot of people are going to get a lot of good out of this. So I look forward to, to seeing the response from the listeners when this is uh, published. Yep. Yep. That'd be fantastic. I'd be interested to, to see, uh, you know, their insights as well. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to The Philip Wiley Show. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, to learn more about Philip, go to thehackermaker.com and connect with him on LinkedIn and Twitter at Philip Wiley. Until next time.